Hello, you're listening to the podcast of Canadian Serbian Sun magazine, a program about Serbs and Serbian culture, which is intended for people around the world. In our program, a Sun collaborator will talk about Serbian traditions, culture, and famous Serbs. This program will be led by myself, Sun collaborator, actor and director Mladeno Bradović, and Kristina Bjelić, musician, philologist, and a Canadian-born Serb. Kristina, this topic is probably extremely important to you as a young Serbian woman born in Canada. Of course. I've always felt the need to connect my Serbian roots to my life in Canada. To be honest, I've never felt that the Serbian spirit was missing in my life since our community in Canada, and particularly here in southern Ontario, is so lively and established. I know what you mean. But let's first start with Serbia, a country that's enchanting but often misunderstood. Serbia is perhaps one of the most important pearls of the culture and historical treasury of the Balkans. From antiquity and the time of the first Slavs on European soil until today, there have been dramatic and turbulent historical periods through which its inhabitants had to survive. These times were filled with tragic events which, among other things, led to the first immigration to the North American continent a little more than 200 years ago. During its centuries-long existence, Serbia has collected, preserved, and enriched its cultural heritage. Caught between the Holy Roman Empire and Byzantium, and later between the Habsburgs and the Ottomans, the inhabitants of Serbia have always been at the crossroads of East and West. The Serbian landscape are full of excavations of the earliest European civilizations, remains of the Roman Empire, fortresses and monasteries from late Byzantine and Serbian medieval states. To this, we could add landmarks and handicrafts from the Turkish and Austro-Hungarian occupations. Serbia was founded in the 5th century, flourished in the Middle Ages, and was more or less fully formed territorially as we know it today in the 19th century, when they joined the Slavic Brotherhood of Yugoslavia shortly thereafter. After Yugoslavia's unfortunate disintegration, Serbia has been returning to its old foundations. Each of these periods has left an indelible mark on Serbia and its inhabitants, but the rich culture and history filled with centuries-old traditions and customs has remained almost intact. The Serbs took this rich culture and tradition with them to wherever they emigrated and started building a new life. What is your perception of the Serbs? Serbs, wherever they live, are cordial and hospitable people eager to share their cultural treasures with others. In so many cases, Serbs living on the North American continent have left a lasting mark in their new country. For example, if we mention Tesla and Pupin, two scientists who changed the world, it would be just the beginning of a long list of Serbs who are important scientists, artists, athletes, successful public figures and entrepreneurs. The first Serbs came to Canada most likely from the Bay of Kotor and from the southern Adriatic coast. They were mostly young men working in mining, forestry, and who settled in the area around Vancouver. The second wave of immigrants began to arrive in the 1880s. As they mostly came from the fertile plain of Vojvodina, they settled mainly in the agricultural areas of the province of Saskatchewan. The Serbian community, which took root here at the time, is still very strong today in Regina, the capital of this province. 
At the beginning of the 20th century, a large number of Serbs living in America emigrated to Canada and got jobs in coal mining, railways, and road construction. In the 1920s, they came to Vancouver from Lika, Herzegovina, and Montenegro and found jobs in the mines of British Columbia, while their wives mostly did hard physical labor. Many did not intend to stay forever, but they eventually started families there and ended up never returning to their homelands. Even before the beginning of the First World War, there was a large Serbian community in the province of Ontario, especially in Toronto, Hamilton, and Niagara Falls. The biggest wave of European, including Serbian immigration to Canada, was from 1924 to 1930. Canada's goal at that time was to attract as many unskilled immigrant workers as possible, mostly to work on farms and in mines. At that time, out of 165,000 immigrants, about 25,000 were from the former Yugoslavia. They arrived to Canada by steamer in about 10 days, and it all cost about $250 plus $25 for travel expenses. The cutoff age for immigrants was 45 years old. Immigrants provided the motives for their arrival in writing and were obligated to show proof of health. They were also given the opportunity to go to America. There were also those who went back to their homeland between 400 and 800 a year. They also received special assistance from the government. They returned because they did not achieve their goals, they did not adapt to local society, or they were socially or medically imperiled, which is not surprising given the most of them were minors. In the third wave of immigrants between the two world wars, most Serbs settled in the industrial centers of Ontario. Also among the immigrants were fishermen from Dalmatia who had their own boats and with whom Serbs found jobs more easily. You may have noticed that this kindness has remained an unwritten rule of our community to this day. When someone moves here from Serbia, they usually look for their first job with a Serbian employer. Yes, it is very common to see Serbian business owners hire people from the Balkans. This is just one example of how our community in the diaspora continually strengthens itself. After World War II, primarily highly educated people began to come, who immigrated to Canada because of political and ideological reasons. Evich Construction LTD is a specialized construction company for all types of construction and renovation works. Thanks to the many years of experience of our team of masters and the use of the highest quality materials, we're able to provide top quality services with affordable prices and strict compliance with deadlines. Call us at 416-769-1431 or visit our website www.evichconstruction.com. This trend continued so that the next wave of immigrants after 1955 consisted mostly of white-collar professionals who settled with the help of family and friends who had previously settled in Canada. And then came the moment in history that brought most of us here. At the end of the 20th century, the onset of war in the former Yugoslavia prompted a new wave of immigrants, which consisted of highly educated professionals, but also a large number of refugees. It is interesting to note that the term Serb was not used as a population descriptor until 1901, despite such a long history of Serbian immigration. Until that year, Serbs were wrongly classified as Austrians, Hungarians, Turks, or other nationalities because the Balkan Peninsula was divided among various empires. I know that you came across some interesting data in your research. 
I did. Like the names of early Serbian immigrants to Canada. One of the first in Toronto was Sremac Herceg, who came in 1903. The following year, Ilya Joksimovic arrived from Belgrade, and the year after that, Dimitri Belic from Negotin. A name that remains in the records is Zarya Jankitic, who came after 1912 and later helped other immigrants get jobs, find accommodation and just a new way of life. His son Milivoy died on the French front in a Canadian uniform in the First World War, after which Zarya returned to his homeland. The first Canadian family in Toronto was the family of Jarko Trumish from Shabbats, who came to America with his brother in 1907 and moved to Canada in 1913. Both brothers and Jarko's wife were volunteers in the Serbian army in 1917. The First World War brought a lot of turmoil to the Serbian community in Canada. Some Serbs decided to return home and fight for their country, while some joined the Canadian army. But we must not forget many of them came to Canada from the areas of today's Croatia and Bosnia-Herzegovina, since these areas were under Austro-Hungarian rule, which fought against Canada during the war, these people ended up in internment camps and were marked as potential traitors. This group included Serbs, Croats, Italians, Austro-Hungarians, Germans, Ukrainians, Turks, and many others. That's the plot of your play that we worked on together last year, isn't it? Yes. I wrote and produced the show which we performed in Toronto in March 2019, and I also had the pleasure of having you participate as our musical director. (laughs) Christina, you mentioned how noticeable it is that our community in Toronto is very strong. From the very beginning, our immigrants tried to connect and organize themselves in order to help each other in this new country. Serbian volunteer societies and organizations were founded to alleviate the economic hardships of new immigrants and to help adjust to Canadian society. Over time, cultural associations, youth folklore groups, and magazines and newspapers intended for Canadian Serbs were established, as well as church bulletins and various other professional groups. Several humanitarian associations have also been established. Serbs have their own radio and television programs, their own theater companies, choirs, Serbian language schools, and sports clubs. The first Serbian Day in Canada was held in 1946 and continues to be held annually. The Serbian Orthodox Church operates through the Canadian Diocese, which was formed in 1983 as a result of Serbian population growth and the evolution of church life among Serbs in Canada. The first church school community on Canadian soil was founded in 1912 in Regina, Saskatchewan, and only four years later the Holy Trinity Orthodox Church was built in that city. The Serbs in Hamilton, Ontario formed their church school community in 1913, and in 1917 they built St. Nicholas Orthodox Church. With the arrival of Serbian immigrants, especially after World War II, the number of immigrants increased, and by extension, so did their organizations, especially in Windsor, Toronto, Niagara Falls, Ottawa, Vancouver, and Montreal. Since the founding of the Diocese of Canada in 1983, a large number of churches were built and consecrated in Ottawa, Mississauga, Toronto, Oshawa, Kitchener, Oakville, London, Calgary, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. Older churches, such as the one in Regina, have been restored and renovated. A nursing home for Serbian elders was built in Windsor. The Holy Transfiguration Monastery was built in Milton, the first and for now the only Serbian monastery in Canada. The foundations of this monastery were consecrated in 1992 by His Holiness Serbian Patriarch Pavle. Modular Home Editions Incorporated. Grow your home in three days. For a free estimate, call 416 416- 
759-4663 or visit www.modular.ca. The Circle of Serbian Sisters, an association founded in 1985 in Mississauga, also operates within the diocese. Everyone knows at least one of the truly extraordinary women who volunteer with this organization. Serbian cultural centers operate within Serbian churches in larger cities in all Canadian provinces. Today, about 150,000 people of Serbian origin live in the province of Ontario, which for comparison is equal to the population of Kingston, the former capital of Ontario, or Kraljevo in Serbia. The largest Serbian communities are in Toronto, Vancouver, Mississauga, Edmonton, Calgary, Windsor, Montreal, and Ottawa. Christina, considering that you grew up here, which Serbian organization in Toronto had the strongest influence on you? Um, besides the regular organizations that most of us participate in at some point or other, such as folklore or choir, my parents were members of various other cultural and humanitarian organizations. For example, my mom was an active member of the Association of Serbian Women during the war, and my dad was one of the founding members of the Serbian Heritage Academy that I also joined many years later as a board member. And through these organizations, did you make a lot of friends in the Serbian community? Yes, of course. In addition to all those organizations, it also happened that I grew up in a neighborhood where there were many Serbian families, so I grew up and went to school with a lot of kids of Serbian descent. I'm best friends with many of them, even to this day. I'm glad that you found an activity within our community that helped you grow as a person. What really is invaluable is that there are so many options available. I have friends who participated in sports, others who dance folklore, and others who did theater. Yes, today is really difficult to find any activity or service in the city without finding someone from our Serbian community doing it or offering that service. Serbs, regardless of where they live, try to preserve their tradition from being forgotten. The Serbian Museum of Cultural Heritage is located in Windsor, Ontario, and has existed for over 30 years. The museum is of exceptional importance for the Serbian people in the diaspora because it is the only place in the world where there are numerous objects that testify to the life of our people in Canada, our culture, and our customs. In this largest Serbian museum outside the borders of Serbia, you can find folk costumes, old photographs, rare books, musical instruments, newspapers, and various documents. The oldest exhibits in the museum are postage stamps from the 19th century, from the time of King Milan. A group of five women who in 1972 started meeting up and working with the Association of Serbian Women for the Preservation of Serbian Heritage came up with the idea of founding this museum to promote and preserve Serbian culture. With hard work and help from the Government of Ontario, the museum was officially opened on August 27, 1987. Today, members of the museum board work with the help of a small group of volunteers. The museum is supported by charitable contributions and assistance from Canadian government institutions. Donors are mostly private individuals and sometimes Canadian companies and organizations. With the help of the Canadian government, students sometimes come during summer vacation to help maintain the museum collections. In 2019, an exhibit with a theme of 800 years of autocephaly of the Serbian Orthodox Church was set up in the museum. The goal was for the Serbian community to inform the general public about the rich history of the Serbian Orthodox Church. 
Two years ago, on the occasion of the 150th anniversary of the Canadian Confederation, an exhibit curated by Milan Mravcevic, a historian dealing with the history of Yugoslav immigrants to Canada, was held at the Ethnographic Museum in Belgrade. The theme was the sun of another sky, and it showed, through text and photographs, the era of the largest wave of European immigration to Canada, from 1924 to 1930. Subscribe for print or digital editions of Sun Magazine. With your subscription, you will help promote Serbian ethnic identity, culture, and traditions, as well as help develop new podcast content for our Canadian public and other listeners worldwide. The first Serb to immigrate to the United States of America was George Šagić from Belgrade. He moved to Houston, Texas in 1814 and changed his name to George Fisher. According to data from 2005, over a million Americans declared themselves as Serbs, but it should be taken into account that there were probably more, because many Serbs who immigrated in the 1980s and 90s declared themselves as Yugoslavs. The largest number of Serbs in the United States live in Chicago. A large number of churches, several monasteries, even the Serbian Orthodox Theological Seminary testify to the fact that Serbian immigrants have adapted to life in their new country, while at the same time preserving their faith, culture and customs. We mentioned earlier that some of these successful business people really try to help newcomers from our country by giving them their first job. It is wonderful to see how people in our community help each other, regardless of the financial situation they find themselves in. Yes, the most important thing is goodwill, and we have as much of that as you want. Work is in hard work when people are motivated. A large number of successful Serbs lived and still live in New York, where in 1899, the Society of United Serbs organized an annual party. First, a cultural program was performed, during which the New York Serbian Singing Society sang, and a guslar performed Serbian epic poetry. Vasa Dinic was the head of the society at that time, and the society published their own newspaper, Njurski Glasnik. As early as 1905, the newspapers wrote about American Serb millionaires, among whom was the banker Tomas Srzentic, a Serb from the Bay of Kotor who lived in New York. Another Serbian millionaire living in New York at the time was Mita Lujanovic, a native of Orsova. After being a Serbian volunteer in the Serbian-Turkish War, he arrived to the New World where he became very wealthy. Serbs came to Cleveland on two occasions, at the beginning of the 20th century and after the Second World War. It is obvious that the history of immigration of our people does not refer only to Serbs from Serbia, but also to Serbs from Montenegro and surrounding areas. So the first immigrant to Cleveland in 1893 was indeed Lazar Krivokapic, a Serb from Montenegro. Within Rockefeller Park in Cleveland, there is the Serbian Garden, in which there are busts of St. Sava, Peter II Petrovic Njegos, Peter I Karadjordjevic, Vuk Karadjic, Stefan Mokranjac, Mihailo Pupin, Nikola Tesla, and Mileva Maric Einstein. In the second half of the 19th century, most Serbs in California lived in smaller towns, but later began moving to larger cities. San Francisco was considered the center of American Serbs in 1899 because there was a large settlement of Serbian immigrants in that city. The first Serbian newspaper in America, called Sloboda, was published there in 1893, and the editor was the great patriot Jorge Kovacevic, who in 1899 received the Medal for Zeal from Montenegrin King Nikola. Velimir Celović, a Serb born Risan in the Bay of Kotor, was a satirical poet, philologist, and an eloquent speaker. He wrote in Italian and gave lectures in English. 
Thanks to him, the first opera house in San Francisco was open. Srpski List was published in San Francisco starting 1886. The Serbian-Montenegrin Charitable and Literary Society operated in the city, and a bi-weekly newspaper, Serbian Americanas, was launched in 1893, which dealt with Serbian greats. The first in the series was the Montenegrin Prince Bishop and poet Njegos. There was also a Serbian-Russian Women's Orthodox Church Society in San Francisco. The first Serbian organization in Chicago, Obilic, was founded back in 1878, and the first Serbian parade was held there in 1893. By the way, fun fact, in Chicago, the Serbian language is the fourth most common after English, Spanish, and Polish. Separated from their homeland, they managed to adapt to a different climate and culture, but they preserved their national identity, their culture, language, religion, and customs. This is evidenced by what they have achieved in Canada and America. They have integrated into a new society, while at the same time remain the guardians of Serbian traditions. You are listening to the podcast of Canadian Serbian Sun magazine, in which Christina and I familiarized you with the history of Serbian immigration to the North American continent. Join us for future episodes where Sun collaborators will continue to share with you the traditions and culture of the Serbian people. Until next time, greetings from the editorial staff at Sun magazine. This podcast was financially supported by the government of Canada.